Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Physical Studies. And here with me, riding high, Scott Durant. It's Scott Durant right here once again. Back from the Big Apple, taking a bite out of the Big Apple for Big Jesus. Big Apple. You guys uh, were not with us uh, last week. We uh, Actually, if you guys are listening live, we were actually out uh, Thursday through yesterday, of course, doing an outreach out there, applying the, the Word of God out in the, the, the city of New York and had a great time in Jesus. But we're back here ready to dig back into the Word of God. If you're joining us for the very first time this morning, uh, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, which is an outreach ministry of Raven Ministries International. We're typically here, uh, once again, it all... Uh, it depends on our travel schedule, ministry schedule, but we're here typically Monday through Friday with an expository teaching from the Word of God. And we've been on a, um, a really an in-depth study of the book of Romans since about this time last year. And today we're actually going to be tackling class number, what is it, Deb? 193rd hour of teaching in the book of Romans. And we're, you know, we're, in the, we're in the 15th chapter if you're joining us. But if you've not been with us in the past, uh, we've actually worked, Deb worked for a couple weeks solid to take all these messages that myself and Brother Steve had recorded over the last uh, year and to get those actually on a sermon player that you can actually go to our website, which is there on the screen at www.biggrace.com and click Raven Institute. All uh, 190, I think two hours are on there now, plus other messages and other things that we do, programs that we do, are available there in MP3 format for free download. You can go on there and download all of those classes, burn them to disk, put them on your MP3 player. You know what I saw the other day? Scott, there's an MP3 player that you can get for like $40. It's wow. got enough time on it that you could actually buy it for $40 and put every one of the Roman teachings on it. Wow. And so if you don't have that capability, you can actually get it and put it all on there, take it with you. Carry it in your pocket, and you can get every bit of it. Like it was like in Walmart. So those wow. things are, are are so cheap. You don't have to go out and invest three hundred dollars in an iPod. Get you a little MP3 player. It right. takes the same thing, and it'll have the same functionality. And you can actually go and uh, download them directly onto that MP3 player, and have those right. available uh, as well. If you want different copies of those, we're, we'll make those available as well. Got blessed. Uh, Pastor Sam and Lucy loaned me their uh, duplicator, mm-hmm. and so if you want a hard copy of that, we now have the equipment. So we're gonna get Deb set up this week. I'm gonna be duplicating some of those and send them out to people. People that want those. So if you want copies of those on a DVD disc, which this will be just the audio, it won't be the video, uh, but we'll send those to you absolutely free of charge if you'll just email us at raven at biggrace.com. We'll get those out to you. Or any of the other messages that you see there on that player, if you would like a hard copy of those, uh, email us at raven at biggrace.com and we'll send you any of that stuff absolutely free of charge just for the asking. So, uh, Good. It's making it available, not just live, but for those that, that want to go back in and hear those things later. Now we have the capability of mass producing those things um, uh, to be able to get them out into people's hands a lot quicker. So praise God. She said we're out of focus. Since that happens sometimes, you know, but hopefully we're back in. Oh, I thought she meant spiritually speaking out of focus. <laughs> but so the Word of God brings us back into focus. Amen. Uh, if you're listening to us delay, we get a lively group here that's on our live broadcast. And so... Uh, we get the. I'm watching the screen, and there's a lot of banter going on, and ja ja ja, as Mercedes often says. Ja ja ja. But good to have everyone here, and I pray that those that were out this past week with us had a safe trip back home to uh, their respective cities as well. 
Pastor Scott, why don't you open us a prayer this morning? Let's ask God for uh, His direction and leading in the in the teaching today. And let's continue to pray for those that have been sick in their physical bodies as well. And, and too, for those that were on this trip, it is. You expel so much yourself. I don't know about you, but it seems like going, going, going. And really when I'm gone, it's almost like I get a supernatural ability to keep pushing. Amen. I think about those 88 steps that we had traversed so many times. I missed them this morning. You missed them this morning. And I think, you know, for me it was always better just to run up them as fast as I could. But I'm thinking to myself, man, God. God carried me up those so many times, and it seems like I, I didn't find myself tired. You know what? It just seemed like God carried me through all of those things. And but you know, at the end of it, it's when you get home, you start feeling those things. So when I got home yesterday, I toppled like a tree in the woods. And but here we are, great. So pray for the recovery of those that that really went out and poured their lives out, and for those that have been sick in body as well. Amen. <clears throat> Father, I thank you that we have an opportunity once again to come before you, Lord. God, that you're so gracious to hear our prayers and our our requests as we come before you, Lord. God, I just first of all want to thank you for what you did in New York City, God. I, I know that your heart, your compassion goes out for the lost and dying world, God. That you wish that none should perish and all should come to the knowledge of Christ. And God, I just want to rejoice and give thanksgiving. I, I think of the one guy that we rescued literally off the streets, a heroin addict, um, Leo, God, and I just thank you for him, first of all, Lord. God, that you were merciful and gracious to him and you snatched him right out of the pit of hell, right off the streets, right out of drug addiction and and rescued him, took him to New Orleans, got him in a home, opened doors, God. You're such an amazing God. If, If, God, we didn't go there for anything else, God, it was for that very purpose, God, that you you had a plan to rescue one of your lost sheep, God. And I thank you. I thank you that Christ is going to be established and formed in him. And one day he'll be back out there on the streets with us preaching the gospel that he one day will be a warrior. He'll be Leo the lion for the Lord. God, and I do thank you for that. And God, I think of the members of of our body that were out there laboring so hard on the streets. And Lord, we we didn't sleep much. We we ran and we ran and we ran. But God, you, you did take us through it, God. And I would ask that you just strengthen each one in their physical body God I know that spiritually I really believe we were all strengthened God but I ask that you also strengthen us now physically God that you allow us all to get the rest we need and and to recover and to 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 not to to shrink back or slow down but to just keep on going God to keep on fighting because it's not time to lay our swords down God I know that we are still in a war. There's still those that are out there in whatever local cities you've gone back to, be it New Orleans or Indiana or, or Canada or wherever else you might be from. God, I know there's a war going on. Just like here in Daytona, there's a spiritual battle going on, a battle for the lost, God. And I thank you that you've commissioned us like all those soldiers we saw them the Navy and Marine guys. Yes. We saw it was Fleet Week up there. And Lord, that there was just... Hundreds and hundreds of soldiers that are serving in the army of America, in the service of America, and God, that you've commissioned us into your army. And God, this we are in a battle. We are in war times. This is war times, God. This is not a time of peace, but it's a time of war. God, just strengthen us in this time of battle. God, give us the weapons to fight with. Give us the sword. God, give us the shield, God, of faith. 
God, that we might be able to quench all the fiery, fiery darts of the wicked one. God, I thank you for the sick right now. God, I lift up the shield of faith for mm. them, God. Yes, and I believe, God, that you're healing them, God. I believe that you're, by Jesus' stripes, they are healed, God. That you're touching them right now, wherever they are, God. Touch their bodies. Strengthen them, Lord. Strengthen them that they can go and fight, God. Pull them up out of their sick beds and wherever they are, God, strengthen them. Mm. God, continue to strengthen Pastor George. I think of him that, God, he, he was on those streets and he was struggling, but there he was, Lord. Yes. He, he, he gave up everything. He, he laid down his, his took, took a big chance even coming there, Lord. I thought every time when I seen him walking up them stairs, how was he doing it? Here was a guy that just had a stroke and yet, He's out there doing it for the Lord. Yes. God, I, I lift him up right now, especially him, Lord. Strengthen his body. I heard his wife talk to me and said that they have a desire to go and to, to just travel and preach the gospel. God, open the door for them, God. Yes. Make a way. Heal his eyes, God, right now. Heal those eyes, God. That left side of his eye that he, he can't see out of, God. Touch him right now, Amen. God. Touch him. Touch his body, God. God, I thank you for a testimony. That's going to glorify you through him. God, he is going to go and preach the gospel. He is going to take it to the nations. Mm. Father, and for this word that's going to be broken today. God, that it will just be a, a, a light to our feet. God, it will be a lamp. And it will guide us into righteousness and truth. Holy Spirit, guide us today. God, we just yield ourselves, Troy and I, as we break this bread. Lord, let us let us be... Let us be your chefs today. Let us be your servers today. Let us be your waiters. And let us serve people not like sometimes you're served in the world, God, where, where our attitudes may be wrong and we don't care about what we're giving to people. But God, let us be servers that really care and really care about the customer. Let us really care about the body of Christ, that they receive wholesome food and that they're waited on. And everything they need, God, let us take care of their every need. If it be water, if it be food, whatever that need be, God, let it let yes. it come forth today out of this word. God, let it come forth. God, I thank you that everything that you want to be said today will be said. And we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. <clears throat> uh, for those that are with us live tonight, tonight, actually Tuesday night, we're going to have a Raven Nation program. And it's going to be a special... Uh, kind of a, a testimony time from our New York outreach. And so if you weren't there, you were. And, you know, there's so many testimonies, uh, Pastor Scott, that come out of that. Some of them I'm just now hearing about. Mm-hmm. Because there is, you get a good, big group like that, and there's so many things that are happening nonstop. And so tonight we're going to have a call-in of a lot of the people that were there. And so if you want to, if you've got a particular testimony, email me at raven at com before this afternoon and give me your, your number that I can call you on and we will call you during the program and get a testimony of something that happened or life that you saw changed during that. So that's going to be, if you're listening live, from 8.30 until 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Raven Nation broadcast. We'll have some local testimonies here for folks that was there as well as people that came from all over the country. So we'd really love to hear some of those testimonies. If you have one in particular that was just incredible uh, that you just saw the hand of God in, please... Uh, uh, email me, raven at biggrace.com, and let me know about it, and we'll get you live on the air tonight to testify. You know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. Amen. And, you know, when I hear a testimony of a changed life, but, you know, I've been serving the Lord, but it encourages me, and it builds me Amen. up, and it makes me want to press. When I hear about somebody, I'm getting calls as yes. we're coming in yesterday, and people are saying, hey, listen, somebody I prayed for, ministered to, 
uh, they were uh, out on the streets with us or uh, that we talked to. They've called me up since then. And, man, it's just exciting to see uh, those testimonies and hear what God's done. So, uh, Raven at BigGrace.com, let me know to, uh, by tonight, and we will uh, be sure and get you on there. I'm going to try to call uh, uh, one of the young men, left me a message that I'd led the Lord, him and his uh, girlfriend were there, and I led him to the Lord. His girlfriend was already, she's from the U.K., he called me and left a message. I'm going to call wow. him back today. Amen. And I'm going to try to get Gary. Gary is from Brooklyn. And I'm going to try to call Gary up and see if his schedule permits him to call and just testify Amen. of what happened to him Amen. on the street. So not only you guys, but I'm going to actually be getting some calls from people that we actually led to the Lord and we're Amen. in contact with as well and get them to just give it to you in their own words about what happened to them. So you won't want to miss tonight whatsoever, not only those that were there, but for those that were not, to really get built up and encouraged in your faith as well. So, folks, we're diving into the 15th chapter of the book of... Uh, Romans today, and uh, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 is where we're going to kind of be looking at. And when we finished up our class last week, what we were talking about was Paul the Apostle's, really the, his whole approach to the ministry. And I don't know about you, but I, I find myself, when, I'm, uh, when I study the Word of God, just as we have in Romans, I find it the ability to apply it out on the street so oftentimes. Amen. You, you yeah. see those things that he talked about, he experienced, and he, he gave instruction in, and you see it in real time when you actually put yourself out there into those those venues where the gospel was meant to be. You know, folks, there's the there's the holy ground, and this is really it. Then there's the battleground. Amen. And you've got to have both of those working in your life. When you come together in fellowship, when you come together in the body of Christ to worship and to, to, to study the Word of God, what happens is those things work together. And so... Uh, uh, you, you need both of these times. And so when we come here and we're spending 192 hours in the book of Romans, it's for a purpose. It's to send us out to the nations to preach the gospel. But, folks, you will never be able to preach the gospel unless you know the gospel. Amen. And I think that's where people find themselves, um, what's a good way to put it, insecure about it. But when you go out, what you find is if you've sat in the Word and you've feasted in the Word, you've spent that time devouring the Scripture yourself, and you think to yourself, man, I don't know what to say. You find when you go into that environment, you tap that source, and you're telling, you're, you're quoting scripture that you forgot that you knew. Yeah, the and Holy Spirit begins to bring it up. Bring those things to, like a river to remembrance. You know, I, I use the illustration of, of David. You know, people say, well, what, what do I know? You know, um, I, what can I say? share? And I always look at this, the illustration of David. David, uh, when he fought the giant, all he really knew how to do was use a rock. Yep. You know, they, the king gave him his, all his gear to go out. You know, you know, here was the only one that had the guts to go out and fight the giant. Here was the king. Yep. Yet he wouldn't go and nobody else would. But David tried that armor on, didn't know how to use it. So he took what he did know. And, and if, if all you know is that Jesus Christ set you free. Yep, that's it. Then take that and use that. But as we, as we see David later on in life, Used the sword. He le- he learned to use the sword. Yep. And he used the sword very fiercely. And in many battles, David used the spear and the sword. You know, you even see later on when he had the chance to get Saul, he could have you know sure, easily taken Saul's life. But um, you know, reading the word is is like your training. You come and you train for battle. You know, you you you're preparing like in karate or or uh, the ultimate fighting. Those guys train and train and train for that match. It becomes second nature. Exactly. So as you train, but use what you're familiar with and get familiar with. And if you know how to use what you've got, it it is. Listen, a rock can kill a giant just like a sword can kill a giant. And if all you know is that Jesus Christ set you free, I mean, let me tell you something. The woman, remember the woman that Jesus went to, and she said, come and see the man that's told me everything about me. He, she turned the whole city out. Mm-hmm. She didn't know the word. 
You know, she knew very little. But she had but a what testimony. She, what, what she did know, she shared. Yep. And I think for every, and as you go out, you'll begin to see the Holy Spirit will, one thing that happens to me, if I don't know something mm-hmm. and someone asks me, it, it challenges me to go back right. and to go, what, what did, you know, so next time, you know, hey, if I go out and get in a fight and I get beat up, believe me, next time, if, hey, that guy was a boxer and I, you know, I'll be thinking next time, I don't want to stand toe-to-toe to him. How's the way can I get that guy on the ground and maybe right. wrestle around? Because he boxed my ears off. <laughs> I'm, you know, and I mean, that's just that's a worldly, yeah, that's secular right. thing. But, you know, we, we come back to the Word of God. It's the same thing in yeah. the spirit realm. And sometimes, listen, there's sometimes that I'm out there and I feel like I get my head boxed in. Mm-hmm. But, you know what, God is always faithful to give, to you take, round to give me another round, <laughs> to get back up. And, and you know what, sometimes I, 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 I also remember that the battle is the Lord's. Right. And, and really, you may feel defeated, you may feel like you didn't say the right thing, but if you gave them the truth, listen, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts. Right. We just, or, or what we're to do is go out and sow the seed and water it. And let God That's give the it. increase. It's not your responsibility to save them, brothers and sisters. It's your responsibility to take them the truth. And what they do with it, that's up to them and God, not you. You know, you can't make them. I mean, we could have took some people in the bathroom, Troy, and beat them up and held their head in the toilet and say, confess Jesus. And they probably would have prayed. I mean, that's how the Muslims do it in a lot of countries. They, right. you know, it's either, <laughs> that's how the Christians do it in a lot of yeah, countries. Yeah, yeah, they, they, you know, but, but true a true conversion is only going to come when God calls draws them. And so just share the word. Be yeah. ready in season and out. We say all the time on this program, you don't have to know everything. Just know what you know real good. Amen. And so know your testimony real good. Know what Jesus did for you real good. Know what he's entrusted with you real good. And you, know, you mentioned David. I think about Moses when he was sent to deliver the people. What am I going to do? What am I going to use? And he said, what is in your hand? And he asked him, and it was his staff. And he said, I want you to just take what's in your hand, and I will utilize what's in your hand. And so, folks, what we do is we come to this table and we study the Word of God to just put another tool in your your hand, to put another tool in your pouch, so to speak. Having been involved, you and I both, in construction, you know, you get, we'd call these guys that helped us our cubbies, you know. They just had, they had a hammer and a tape measure that was probably a little bit too much. Greenhorn. It was a little bit too much because they didn't know how to use it. But as they became more skilled in it, we put another tool in their pouch. And right. We gave them a greater responsibility. And folks, that's what this does for you. It brings you to a place of a, a greater responsibility and a greater ability to respond. What's a responsibility? The ability to respond. And so yeah. God re- increases your responsibility as you begin to press into Him and mm-hmm. make yourself available to Him. And so that's, that's what this is all about. It's, it's, it's coming to that place of, of getting that, 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 that strengthening and getting that Word hidden in your heart that you can be able to, to utilize those things in particular times in particular venues. And you're going to find that you're going to be able to draw from those things uh, so many times. That's why it's so important to get into the Word of God and allow that Word to get into you to be able to use it. And, you know, I, we're talking about, you know, chapter 15, verse 18 uh, this, in our last class. You know, I love how Paul really made the case for his ministry. And here's what he basically said in that 18th verse. He said, I will never preach or ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do personally. Mm-hmm. He said, my ministry will be marked by both what I say and by what I do. And so this is where the power of God can actually come onto the scene mm-hmm. and be truly demonstrated through what we do in Christ Jesus. In verse 19, if you look in the full scope of Paul's apostolic ministry, 
thus a foundational ministry. And folks, when we talk about an apostolic ministry, we're talking about what? It's built upon the, 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 the apostles' doctrine, that, that type of example Amen. that was set for us. You will see that it consistently it consisted of word and deed. Okay, Everything about Paul's ministry was not only word, but it was also deed. He demonstrated and revealed that it takes the word in one's life to truly demonstrate the deeds that it takes or the doing or the proving out of that word. Folks, listen. You cannot leave one undone and do the other. Unless you become out of balance, and what's going to happen is you're going to become unstable in your walk. 1 Corinthians 11.1, what does he say? Be followers of me as I am followers of Christ. Christ was the Word who became flesh. And so the demonstration of this whole word and deed principle that we saw in verse uh, chapter 15, verse 18, and we're going to continue to see that that, that mentality uh, continued on the next few verses, is, is the heart of Jesus. You know, he came as the word made flesh, but he, he came not to be served, but to serve, but to do. And so Jesus' ministry was word and deed. And so Paul's became the same thing. And so he said in 11.1, he said, be, uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1, be imitators of me. And so this is what really for him served to release the power of God upon a generation of people who did not know him. Mm-hmm. And so unless our lives, folks, and, and I want you to catch this part right here. Unless our lives and ministry strive to operate by the word and deed principle, we will become instead weird indeed. Yeah. And when I say indeed, I mean the one word, I-N-D-E-E-D. Because if I'm not walking in word, if I'm not being a doer, right. if I'm not uh, listening to the word of God, I become weird indeed. And we don't, we're not here to be weird. We're here to have the word in our lives and to go out and demonstrate those things in power. And so uh, Jesus himself, what he did, he rebuked the Pharisees for focusing on just one issue that was important to them. And what they ended up doing is they left all the other things undone. Mm-hmm. And he told them in Matthew twenty three twenty three, he said, listen, the things that you're doing, you need to do those things. Amen. Those, those are principles that I've given you. He said, but you don't need to neglect the former things either. And folks, listen, when we come here, we don't come here just to fill up your head. We come here to fill up your life with some Amen. tools to actually go out and do the job. We want to give you the skills to go out into the harvest fields, right. to, to, to go out into the schools, to go out into the marketplace, to go out into the classroom, wherever God is putting you into a place to share the word. We come for those things. And it's not just to be puffed up. Knowledge puffs up, up unless it has an outlet to release those things. Amen. And so we've got to come to the place where we're doing word, that's why we're here, and deed when we actually go out and to apply those principles. Amen. And so we're here for 192 hours between our last... We did a, we, we were there in, in New York this time last year. Yeah. And so what happened? We've invested 192 hours into people's lives. Why? Amen. So they could go out into the streets and they'll have something to draw from. Therefore, Amen. with joy shall we draw waters from the wells of salvation. So folks... Christianity is not just this whole wonderful plan for your life spill that's being offered in some type of a spiritual smorgasbord wherein you go in and you choose the things that appeal to your own personal spiritual diet and you get your, yourself this heaping helping of those things and you turn your nose up at those things that are unappealing. Christianity is the way that it was when our kids were little. We fix them their plate and we expect them to eat what's on their plate. What happens, and you see, that, I shared with this one time, you see an unskilled parent or one that doesn't know, they're asking their two-year-old what they want to eat. The two-year-old's always going to want the sweet cereal. They're always going to want the candy. They're never going to want what's good for them. But what does God do? He, he provides the menu. He gives us the, the 66 pages of menu, and he says, here's what I want you to eat. And he said, I want you to go all the way from the appetizer to the dessert. And that's what the Word of God is for us, folks. Then what do you got? You get this well-rounded walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're able to be built up in the faith. And that's what Paul the Apostle did and what he spoke to us in, in verse 18 of chapter 15 as well.
a lot of times, you know, you're you're saying that what happens is we we find ourselves um, thinking that God is is our servant, yep. when we're really to be God's servant, and uh, you know, you're talking about weird indeed, and and that's what happens. You you get off on something that doesn't line up with the Word of God, and and it, it is weird. You know, it's it's strange. It's a strange fire. They're bringing something to the altar of God that that really wasn't. It didn't originate to, with him, right? And and when you begin to think God is just there to serve you instead of you there to serve yeah. God, I mean, listen, taking up your cross and following Him means I am dying to myself. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. My my desire, my my heart's desire to God is that that. Scott can get out of the way. Yep. Because, you know, when Scott gets in the way, it, it, it really it stinks. My flesh stinks. My old life stinks. And, uh, man, I have some rotten, sinful nature that, that likes yep. to do rotten, sinful things. But, but thanks be to God that in Christ I am a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things are becoming new. And that is my desire. It, it's to see Christ glorified in my life, not Scott glorified in his right. life. You know, it's not about Scott Durant, Scott yeah. Durant's ministries or, or anything else. It's about Jesus Christ and Jesus and Him being glorified. May yeah. I, may I, listen, may I decrease and may he, Him in, increase. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. And, and, and as this Word gets in you and it becomes, you become more of it and less of you. Right. You begin to quote more of God and less of you. You begin to live more of God and, and less of you, you know. And, and the more of this you put in, you, you know, the less the less of you that'll be there. It will renew yourself. Now that doesn't. It's not to say that there's those that, that don't know this word. That, that I mean, there are those that know the word and don't know God. Right. Or they know about the word. They, and they know about the word. And but, brothers and sisters, if 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 you'll humble yourself, and seek the Lord and pray and allow the Holy Spirit. To teach you, and you'll yeah. you'll ask. You know, somebody was asking me the other day on the streets in New York. They were saying, "Well, I, you know, I I, I read and and I I, I just I haven't." I said, "Brother, let, let me tell you, if if you will ask the Holy Spirit, if you'll surrender your life to God, see what what you're telling me and what I heard from. I'm a Catholic. I'm religious, and and that's I, I'm not here to slam this denomination or that denomination. But what I'm this guy what what I saw from this guy was he didn't know God. He knew about God. Right. He'd been raised up at Catholic school, and he, I just can't get it. And I said because brother, you you don't have a foundation. He says, what are you talking about? I said, well, you've, you've known all about Jesus. You, you were taught about Jesus, but, and, but you don't know Jesus. No intimacy. And, and until you know Him and until the Holy Spirit brings light to the Word of God, really, it says these things are spiritually discerned. Right. And, and, and that's how you get an error. How you get an error is when you don't have the Holy Spirit guiding you into all truth. You, you get in the flesh and the flesh begins to go here or there and, and it becomes a flesh thing. Mm-hmm. And you, you think, well, they thought they were bringing the right thing to the altar. But it was really strange fire. It wasn't, it wasn't the fire of the Lord because they thought it was right. Really, they did. Right. You know, but we see it wasn't right because they hadn't followed the Word and the Spirit in what they did. And you know, you see that. I, I know I did. I've seen it for years and years. But you see it so many times that you'll be witnessing and talking to someone. And they'll say, well, I tried to read the Bible I did not understand. Hmm. And folks, you will never understand it apart from the Holy Spirit. I never did. And once the Holy Spirit came into my life and began to, to lead and guide me into all truth, 
Then I began to say, you know what, I saw that passage a number of times. I never comprehended it. But as I began to, to get into the Word and allow the Word to get into me, what he did, he began to bring in that instruction in righteousness. And, and, you, and that's the only way. And you're talking about uh, bringing people to the Lord. You know, our, our job is, is to lead people to the Lord. And people ask you, well, how many, peop- how many people did you lead the Lord? Well, all of them. Yeah. Because I mean, you lead them to the Lord. Now, what happens after you lead them there is right. out of your hands. I mean, you can lead a horse to water. But you can't make but him doesn't drink. Mess, mess. Right. You, you know, listen, brothers. We know where the water is. Yep. We know what the water is. We take them to the water. If they choose not to drink, then, then the blood is not on your hands. It's, yep. it's on their hands. It's your job to take them to the water. Lead them to the water. It's their job to receive. And tell them, taste and see that this is good. Amen. And we believe that once people take a drink of that water, that living water, Amen. that they'll never uh, thirst again and they'll never want to go anywhere else. Amen. Folks, uh, Romans fifteen twenty. as we continue in our, in our study, uh, Paul the Apostle, once again, uh, saying, he said, he said, yes, he said, I've strived to preach the gospel and not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. We, we touched on that just briefly last week. And what, what he's sharing is he's called really to extend that truth uh, to the Gentiles as well. And, and he, basically what he was saying is that they needed to know uh, uh, what it was going to take in order for them to be built upon that, that foundation of that covenant that he was preaching. And, and so he's saying, listen, there was no foundation. He said, I'm not going and, and relaying those things again. And we see it in Hebrews. We're not, right. not laying again those elementary foundations, right. but he's going on to, to maturity, going on to those things that are growing. He says, listen, I'm going to go and preach the gospel, not where it's been happening before, but I'm going to take it to places. And it made me think of this past weekend, Pastor Scott. You know, we were out there and we were at 43rd and Broadway in New York City. And we had a group that was there. Just, we were just worshiping, drawing a crowd in. And, you know, you think about New York City, Broadway, all these things. You have us outfitted in similar shirts. And so we look like a part of the quote-unquote show that's there. And so we just get in wisdom of God and we say, hey, let's get together and lift up our voice. People begin to stop. And so as they stopped, I began to share. And I noticed that there was two young women that just stopped in their tracks. And immediately I thought to myself, just from their appearance and just by the way that they looked, chances are they're Swedish. They're from, they're, they're from Sweden. And it come to find out that they were. I'm not saying, and it definitely was that the Lord gave me a word of knowledge they were from Sweden. They just looked, they looked like, like they were from Sweden. I mean, yeah, when you see Swedish, quote-unquote Swedish people, they really have a, a particular look about them. And so you could see that they were just transfixed on everything. And so uh, uh, that's about the time the police officers came over and kind of shut down our preaching right there <laughs> in that spot. But it was, but the damage had already been done. They had already been stopped in their tracks. And we had teams that were, had already, there was fam- whole families that literally had stopped right there because of the preaching of the gospel. And so Sister Holly and I believe Brittany and maybe another, uh, uh, one of the young ladies went over there and began to talk to them. And these people had never heard the gospel. These were girls probably in their early 20s. They had never heard the, the word. They had never had the foundation preached to them. And so they began to preach the word to them. And one of the girls told Holly, she told me uh, later, she said, Listen, she said, I just, I feel something as you're speaking, as, as he was speaking. Just something stopped me. She said, I've never heard of this before, but there was just a lie. Yeah. Folks, that's, and I say that, and I think about that, and man, I just get a witness in my spirit. You know, folks, the, the, what he is, it's, it's, it's life that we have. It's, it's a, dr- a drink of fresh water to those that did not have a foundation. The good thing about a New York City, the nations are brought to you, and they're deposited right at your, your doorstep. Mm-hmm. And so they begin to share the word with them, and now these are girls that have never had any experience with the gospel. But the word of God, it is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of a man's mm-hmm. heart. It is what? pierces in the heart and it's the spirit that draws them in both of these young women ended up giving their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ having never 
Do you hear me, folks? Never heard the gospel. And see, here's what excites me. You get somebody like that that has never heard the Word of God. Now they get something, they come in, they get the Second Corinthians 5.17, they become a new creature. Now they're going to go home. And what's going to happen to them? They're going to go home and say, listen, these people something gave me a Bible. These people told me about something. Yeah. And, and they're going to start sharing that Word. Amen. You just never know what kind of spark is going to be happening right. in Sweden as a result of us preaching the gospel in New York City. So we're going and we're providing a plank, so to speak, or a stone within the foundation of these young women's life. Amen. And that, that stone is that cornerstone, which is Christ Jesus, who, who, who the, the master builders rejected, but he's become the, 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 the chief cornerstone for their life. Mm-hmm. And he said, upon this rock that I'll build my church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. And that excites me when we're able to go and speak, quote unquote, unto the nations where no foundation has been laid and to see somebody built up in the faith and come to the Lord Jesus Christ who had never yes. heard the Word of God before. Hallelujah. And that's, exa- that's what Paul was saying. He said, listen, I strive. It's my desire to go and do those things uh, uh, and, and, and to build where there's no foundation and to be targeting those things. Then he says in verse 21, he says, as it's written, he says, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And this they have not heard, they shall understand. And it's that same thing Paul was really referring to. And that's a quote when he says, as it's written. And you can put this in the margin of your Bibles if, you're, if you write in that or taking notes today. He's quoting actually from Isaiah 52, 15. Mm-hmm. And he said, so shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told, they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall now have to consider. Mm-hmm. And so what he's saying is those who had not previously had the opportunity to hear the message, which in his case were the Gentiles, would now have that covenant extended to them as well as as with this extension, there would be a great proliferation of the Word of God to the nations. And you think about that, and that's exactly what we saw there this past week. I talked to guys that were from, from the continent of Africa who did not have any understanding of the gospel. Obviously, these two young women from, from Sweden and, and various other places around, around the globe, that now what's going to happen, because the, 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 those who he had not been spoken of, they are now seeing, who had not heard, they are now understanding. Why? Because the Spirit of God in this late hour, in this hour of urgency, is allowing His gospel to be spread. And so we're going to see that proliferation. We're going to see right. revival the way it was meant to be, not contained within the walls of a, a stadium or a college but literally disperse, go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Those that repent and baptized shall be saved. Those that don't are damned. Why? Because we know that the condemnation is that the light has come in the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Folks, revival, revival starts at the corner of 43rd and Broadway. Amen. Revival starts at the corner of St. Pete and, and, and Bourbon Street. Revival starts at, at the corner of 1st Street and, 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 and third, third, uh, 7th Street and 3rd Avenue. Wherever God is putting you in your life, that's where revival is starting if you're willing to step up and preach the word of god without uh, without compromise without weirdness but well, not weird indeed but word indeed going out there and being that physical uh, representation of, of of what christ jesus has spoken to the nations Amen. and i believe pastor is when that's when we're going to begin to see the power of god made manifest and demonstrated just what paul the apostle yes. was saying right here amen amen, amen. i think <laughs> It's it's good. I you know we were ta- I was talking to Brother Roy while I was up there and and you know on the phone I was talking about how when you preach out there how how it actually plows the ground you know it actually yeah. opens up you know it's by the foolishness of preaching That's that right. they will they will come to Christ you know and there really is no other way um, I, I challenge the body of Christ that's out there rise up and lift up your voice yeah. don't be afraid to you know. Uh, 
you, well, you think, Scott, there's not times when I'm not intimidated. I, I, it's not hard for me. Every time. And, 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 <laughs> and man, yeah. it, it, takes, it takes everything within me yep. to open my mouth. But when I do... Man, God begins to fill it, and, and I see results. I see people, I see the conversations begin to open up. Sometimes when you're out there witnessing and you just have a team of people witnessing, if somebody would lift up their voice and begin to preach, man, the magnitude of that. You know, because what, we, yeah, what, what we see is us being obedient to the Word of God. Right. And, and it's just like, you know, I think about, go back to that illustration of David. You know, with the rock, he killed one giant. But how many people did he kill with a sword? Right. You know, and witnessing, you're going to get one or two, and 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 praise God, I'm, I'm not. Listen, witness one on one, I'm I'm 100 percent for it. But man, when you begin to preach, it's like you all of a sudden you've you've taken the sword. You're chumming and, up and, the waters. And, and, and yeah, it's like, or it's like a it's like a, a bomb you're throwing off, and I mean it, it begins. You know, with a bullet you may kill one, but with a bomb you could kill hundreds. And it, it, it just begins to wham, wham. And you, you will see, and I'll, I'll guarantee you've seen this at Mardi Gras or anywhere you go, and witnessing, man, you're having powerful, you know, you're having one-on-one this and that. But when someone begins to preach, all of a sudden the, the, it, it opens a new realm. And all of a sudden conversation, they, they come, you're not having to make the conversations. The conversations come Coming to people you. are, well, right. you know, good or bad even. The message, I mean, I, I've seen it, you know, some of the hardest, some of the messages I've had to go, is that really God? Mm-hmm. But yet, man, the conversations that begin to open up because the preaching of the word, man, it is powerful. It takes powerful effect, the Bible says. It is powerful. And I just challenge us to... Well, it really goes into what we were just saying. You think about it, when we were preaching on the streets, it stops people in their tracks. Yeah. Like the girls from Sweden. They heard the preaching. Now, I personally never got to talk to them. Yeah. But what it did, it stopped them in the tracks. They heard somebody, the word and somebody, somebody was able to go. To what happened? That's the that's the, the, the Paul and Apollos. You know, he planted, someone watered, God gave the increase. Amen. And so there was the planting of that word through the preaching of the gospels, and someone got to get in there and water it because they said, Amen. Well, what is that that just got planted in my heart? What is that that he spoke and got planted in my mind and my thoughts that's doing it? Then somebody went around and what happened? God ended up bringing the increase. You'll see that in those cases. Somebody Amen. starts preaching, what happened? It stops people in their tracks. Then you just turn the, the, the team loose, so to speak, Amen. is what we do. And they begin to pick those people off and begin to share the gospel with it's them. Like you, it's like you cast the net out, yep. and it gets all the fish, and, and then everybody begins Luke to Luke yeah, where they had to have help pulling call them your, in the net. Call your partners over to help because of the draw to fishes. <laughs> and, and folks, really, you see those things happening in such a, a powerful way. You know, I've, I've, I've seen it, Troy, in, in, in England. I, I've seen it in Colombia. I've seen it anywhere you go. If you'll do that on the streets, you you will see that exact yep, result. Absolutely. Key West, Florida, um, it really doesn't matter. It really changes the atmosphere yep, when it. you when you do that. Amen. <clears throat> then he says, and so he's talking about it's written, you will not see, and it's extending that that covenant in verse twenty one. Then in verse twenty two he says, for which cause also I've been much hindered in coming to you. Mm. And so, I, brother, I can relate to to the twenty second chapter. Here Paul is. And he's probably writing this letter, this, this, this Roman letter from Corinth. More than likely, that's where he was at when he wrote this letter. Mm. And Paul was saying this in verse 22. He said, listen, I want you to know that it's my intention to come and to be with you. But because there's so many along the way that have never heard the truth, he said, it's keeping me from doing some of the things that I've really desired and sincerely wanted to do, uh, not the least of which is to come and to preach the gospel at Rome. 
And he says, you know, I've, I've, the phrase he said, I've been much hindered from coming to you, tells us some, some things as well. We'll get into those. But what Paul was saying, he says, listen, I, I want to come. I want to do those things. And, uh, and us being a ministry that's kind of stretched out around the, the, the country, you know, I, I get calls. You know, Pastor Rudy calls me from, uh, uh, from Cali, from Raven West Coast. Pastor, when are you coming out? When are you coming out? And I, and I, and I think to myself, man, <laughs> Pastor Rudy, brother, you cannot uh, understand how much I want to be out there with Amen. you. I want to desire to to be there. And I get uh, the brethren in, in Texas are saying, hey, can you, you can you come out and, and whatnot? And so I can I can totally relate to what right. Paul the apostle is saying. And you know, you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish you could just slice yourself up into pieces, pieces. and send them to the twelve uh, the twelve corners <laughs> because you want to do all these things. Yeah. It's not that you don't want to. It's not that there's not an urgency in your heart and right. you want. To be there, and so man, when I when I read that twenty second verse, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I know exactly where this brother was coming from. You know, it's it's all these things, but but what hinders you is not it's not the devil hindering you. It's it's the opportunity. Now think about that, brother. You know, most people in the body of Christ talk about you know I don't have an opportunity, but you know, and they say if I had the opportunity, I'd do it. Well, sometimes opportunity keeps you from doing some of the other things that you'd really want to do because there is so much to be done right where you're standing and these things that that God has has called you to do and to to, to be at those particular places that you you want to go, you want to do. But man, there's so much of a, uh, uh, really a harvest field right where you're standing. I I was just going to say that. If, If you think there's not an opportunity, you need to open your eyes. Yeah, The fields are white unto harvest. If anything... We need to pray for laborers because I'll guarantee step out your door, just go next door and knock on your neighbor's door. The opportunity is endless. And go into your local village, your local city, the closest one to you. Go to the closest tavern, the closest club, Razzles. Closest park. uh, Park where we rescued Leo out of a park, right? Yep. Um, you, You would be amazed. You, you don't. I mean, you don't have to go to China to preach the gospel to the Chinese. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, think about it. We stood in Chinatown, and there was Chinese. <laughs> there, was, right the, there was so. China. So I mean, you know, the opportunities there. And I'm not saying don't go. And I, I thank God for the opportunities that He opens doors for us to go different places. And I have a heart yep. to do that. But I'm telling you. If you ever think there's not opportunity, obviously your eyes are blind. Yeah, absolutely. You're not seeing. Absolutely. You're, you're just not. You're, you need to pray. You need to get yeah. on your knees and say, God, open my eyes. Because if your eyes are open, you will see the harvest is truly bountiful. It yeah. is ripe, ready. The problem is not the harvest. It's the problem is a harvesters. That's absolutely. Right. Amen. You know, he said, I've been hindered from this cause. And I want you to look at a couple of things that he really implied along the, along the way. And he said, for this cause, I've been much hindered from coming to you. And really, I want, and you can put one, two, probably one, just put one, two, three on there. And I'm going to give you three things it really shows. Number one, it implies that there's been a lot of hindrances that kept him from being there. And, and you look at, you know, what were those things? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28, he says, are they ministers of Christ? He said, I speak as a fool. He said, I am more. He said, I've been in labors more abundant. And that's a good thing. He said, listen, there's been a lot of work to be done. And so one of the things that have hindered me has just been the work of the ministry in itself. You know, you want to do things. You know, brother, I've got a list of things that I need to do. I've got a list. Brother, I've got things that have been on the list for years. 
Yes. But it hadn't been from laziness. It's been from labor. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? There's things that I know I need to do and I'm going to do. And I'll it hadn't been I'll vouch for that for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, brother. And it hadn't been from laziness. It's been from laboring and knowing that you need to do these things. But there's always things that are, have become the priority and you got mm-hmm. to. Not that those other things need to be undone, mm-hmm. but there's, there's things that are, are, have to be done at the moment yes. that those other things, God's going to take care of those things at their time. And it says that, you know, in labor is more abundant, in stripes above measure. In other words, you know, I went through some things. In prison, more frequent. Mm-hmm. In death, soften. He said, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Mm-hmm. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. He said, I was stoned one time. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and the night I've been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. <laughs> in perils of the Gentiles. In perils of the cities. In perils of the wilderness. In perils of the sea. In perils of false brethren. In weariness and toil. In, in sleeplessness. Can somebody say amen? Mm-hmm. Often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings often and cold and nakedness. Besides these other things, he said, what comes upon me daily? He said, listen, folks, there's, there's these daily things. He said, my deep concern, though, is for all the churches. And so he's really, the same thing he's saying in, in 2 Corinthians 11, 23-28, it's just what he said in, uh, in Romans 15, 22. He said, listen, there's things that have hindered. Some of those things have been really tough hindrances, and then some of those things has just been just the, 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 the daily menstruations of the gospel. And folks, listen, I want you to stay encouraged. You may think that really I've got a desire and a vision to see some of these things come to pass. You know, brother, some of the things that I'm seeing to come to pass now are things that the Lord Jesus spoke to me 20-something years ago. And the only reason, though, that I'm able to see them come to pass now is because I remained steadfast through those years. I didn't want to accelerate. Now, I want to say this to you, folks. If the, if the enemy can't stop you, and, and most of you, he can't stop because you're, he'll get behind you and he'll push you forward so fast that he'll accelerate you past the point of obedience to what God is. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be mindful of that. <clears throat> I remember for years when I was working in, in the finance business, you know, I would go to work every single day and God had blessed me with a good job to provide for my family, I had insurance. But every single day, it was, man, it was a wearing on me. It was. Mm-hmm. But the Lord just told me, remain faithful. Remain faithful. Mm-hmm. Do what I'm do, do what I, I put you in this position to do. And, you, you know, you're going to see these things pay their dividends later. Now, it graded on me. Now, I could say I didn't feel a peace. I didn't feel any of these things. Mm-hmm. But beyond, and Paul didn't when he got beat. He didn't feel a peace. Mm-hmm. When he got striped, when he was in the deep. Do you think he was sitting there uh, saying kumbaya as he's floating like a plug in the water? Absolutely not. But he was saying, listen, I'm endeavoring. I'm going to, I'm going to maintain and I'm going to do exactly what I can do right here on the spot. And as, as, as a result of that, it propelled him into the promises of God. And folks, I want to encourage you. Don't get behind that and try to accelerate something to where God hasn't called you to be at that particular time. Amen. Be obedient right now. In, in the now, and what you're going to see is that mandate from heaven come to you in that particular time as you're obedient right you know, now. I, I think of the word that says, when you've done all you can do to stand, stand. stand. And I also think of where the Lord said to Moses, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. See right. the salvation of the Lord. If you'll just stand, that's all God expects you to do, and stand upon the rock. Yep. Man, He will take you wherever He wants you. And you will do whatever God wants you to do. It'll and, you'll do it, and you'll do it right. And, you'll, and absolutely, you're going to do it right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I mean, I do know about you, and you know about me because we're, sure. we're 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 friends now. We're neighbors. We talk all the time. So, man, there's things in my life, brothers and sisters. It, it's not easy. Believe right. me. I mean, I, I've. It would be. My wife and I were talking this morning, and in the natural, it would be just so much easier just to to let up and go chase after. The natural things, the American and dream, the American dream, a big house, a big, and and yep. you know, there's the world has 
a lot to offer if mm-hmm. that's what you want. But man, what what you know? I have to go. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his own soul? You know, right. I'm not going to store up for myself. I'm through storing up for, for myself treasures that moss and thieves can break in and steal and destroy. Right. My treasure, I want to be in heaven, and everything I do, every focus I have has to be on the Lord. And if it costs me everything, it, it, I found that pearl of great price, Joy. Amen. And it, it really does, you know, when it comes to that, then you're willing to sleep on a on a dirty floor, on a on an air mattress, you or even... 88 steps. 88 steps. Matter of fact, I, I, a couple of our brothers came up from Miami, and, and they slept right... And we had air mat- They didn't even, but they didn't even ask. They were willing to sleep right on the floor, never complain. We were like, brother, we... But they were already leaving, and... They were like, well, we, we, you know, God's called us to the ministry. And we're, it doesn't matter right. if I have to sleep on the ground. It's not what it. It's not about me. Yep. Amen. It's about Him. That's right. And it doesn't matter really what happens to me. That's what Paul's saying. It really, you know, that's the ministry. And you know, brother, you know, it, it, and two, you know, we can sit here. Most of us that are studying the Word that walk with Jesus. You know, we talk about chasing other things. The, the big house, the big car. Sometimes the enemy uses things more subtle. Yeah. Sometimes it's position. Sometimes it, it comes across and it looks real good. Yeah. It, it, we're, we're not out chasing women or chasing money or chasing right. fame or chasing fortune. Sometimes what it is, it's a temptation even within the confines of ministry and doing yeah. things. I know, now, I know personally for me, job at a church somewhere. there's been an opportunity. I, I remember when, when the, the, the Lord spoke to Melly and I uh, to leave uh, Texas where we had pastored and labored for years and years and years and to go to New Orleans. One of the very first things that was offered to me was the, a staff position on a, on a large church. It would have provided a salary. It would have provided insurance, things that I, mm. I, I had not been accustomed to. Everything sounded nice. And in the natural, <laughs> brother, you know, there was a time that I wanted to buy on that, and it wasn't evil. Right. It, you know, and two, it said, you can still kind of do what you're wanting to do, but I had to come back and tell them, that's not what the Lord spoke to me to do. And so what I've found is my rest comes in obedience and in self-sacrifice. Amen. Not necessarily doing something that appears to be the right thing or it appears right. to be the noble thing or the best thing, but the thing that I've found is my obedience is always better than sacrifice, but it's self-sacrifice that God wants. You know, you look at what David said in the 51st Psalm. He said, you know what? Sacrifice is not what you desired. He said, but a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart is what you desire. And that's not what you're going to despise. And so when we come to that place of not sacrificing things, but sacrificing self, Self. self will, self desire, and saying, God, that your plan is bigger than my moment, that your plan is is humongous. And so I want to walk in in, in obedience to you right now. And that's what Paul the Apostle is saying right here in 22. Mm -hmm. He said, there's things that have have hindered, kept me from coming to you, but those things were important at the time. I want to, I want to come. But it also implies that he was given a mandate to go to Rome to begin with and he, he would have to go that they was going to be there and you see that in Acts 23.11 and so if you want to see where he got that Acts 23.11 and it says in the night following the Lord stood by him speaking to Paul and said be of good cheer Paul for as you have testified of me in Jerusalem so you must bear witness also of me at Rome mm-hmm. and so he wasn't saying okay you need to, you need to pack up your, your bags and go he's telling him listen that time's going to come 
You've testified in Jerusalem. You're going to get there. A lot of things, a lot of time transpired. You know, brother, I was about 15 years old when I knew that God had called me to preach the gospel. I knew it. I mean, probably it had been coming prior to that because I can think back in some experience that I had with the Lord Jesus Christ at particular times. But I knew that I knew that I knew at 15 years old that I was wrecked, that I was ruined. Now, for the next couple of years, I tried to do things that would convince the Lord Jesus otherwise. But I knew. But what, but, but what didn't happen, it's not unlike when Samuel, the prophet Samuel went into the house of Jesse with, uh, with King David to anoint him king. You know, when the Lord told me, I've called you to preach the gospel, immediately I didn't just step into a pulpit, get me a, a oak lectern or whatever else. It didn't you happen mean, that mean way. Somebody didn't just lay hands on you. And say, impart, go and, and do that it. was it. You were pastor uh, of a 10,000 member congregation and teaching the word from Genesis to Revelation. It became a process of him mm. knocking some bark off of my life. Yeah. That way I could embark on. on what he said. Same thing happened when, when, when Samuel went to the house of Jesse. He looked for a king, but he didn't bring a crown. He brought a horn of oil, oil. and he poured the oil over his head. It was a process of time before this young man would, would, actually, would actually become king. I think maybe 40 years of time transpired if you look at it chronologically in the scripture. And folks, it's the same thing. Paul knew that he had to go, but, and he knew that God was working those things. And, and I tell you what, from that early experience in my life many, many years ago, man, it has taught me something that I did not have, and that was patience. Patient obedience. You know, I know what's going to do, but you know what? I'm not going to get caught up in, in striving and pressing because the times that I've, I've I kind of slipped and I've done that, brother, I find myself having to backtrack and say, okay, 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 God. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to be faithful right where you got me. I'm going to be faithful over the little things that I can be ruler over bigger things. Amen. Brother, our goal is not just us. Our goal is to see His gospel preached unto the nations. Amen. I know, just as we talk, I can't do that by myself. Right. You can't do that by yourself. Right. But what about us being obedient? And now when we go and we, we see... The, think about that team, brother. And you know, yeah. uh, you, you think about just that team in New York. And you've been around teams. Have you ever seen anything function like that? That was great. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. Now we're talking about people that just that are from all over the place, mm-hmm. different backgrounds, different, different ages. cultures, d- wide yeah. span of ages, ages, from the very young to those that are up in Amen. age. And but did you see how that just clicked? God. And it wasn't contrived. No. No. Did you did you have to see me standing somewhere shouting and barking orders at people all the time? No. Did not happen. Why? Because once you get people with the same mind in one place and one yeah. accord, it just flows. Like how can I help? What can I do? Amen. And very important. That is the multiplication process of just being obedient. Now those things don't happen overnight. It's just that process of saying, Let's let's invest and let's apply. Word right. deed. Well, Word, the, way, deed. the way we get like minded is we Get like worded. Get on, get on this, and we get on the same page. Yep. You know what happens is some of us aren't even in this. We we're, we're busy reading books, and and I, I'm not slamming books. There's there's some great books out there. I got 66 but, favorites. Yeah, yeah, me too. But man, you know, somebody asked me one time, "Why don't you write a book?" And I said, "Man, I'm too busy living the book." Oh, living it. And uh, not that, hey, maybe one day I'll write a book. I don't know. I'm not saying I will. I'm trying to for 20 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm really busy living a book. But there, there's right. a, little, a little saying I used to have with my base. I used to coach baseball. And, you know, we had some pretty good teams. I mean, we won some championships and things. But um, I used to say proper preparation makes for powerful performance. Yep. Yep. And that's the key. How prepared are you to, to perform? You know, if you're not preparing yourself... It'll show in the performance that you, yep. you you give, you know. And God takes time to prepare us, you know. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. You know, Moses 
took years to prepare Moses for what God, he didn't just say Moses go let you know lead my pe- set my people free it took 40 years 40 years you know problem is in our western culture we're so McDonaldized right and we go in we want to order our food and we want it now i mean even if we have to wait at McDonald's which what's the wait 5 minutes at the most Max, right. it's like What's going on? Where's yeah. my food? Why didn't they just throw it right in the bag and hand it to me? It wasn't the, the microwave didn't work quick enough. You know, everything's microwaved. Everything's now, 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 now. And God doesn't work like that. No. Man, I mean, I know things God has told me to do, words he spoke to me and not through a man but to me that still haven't come to pass. Right. And I know that he's preparing me. You know, there was a time Maybe six, seven years ago, I really thought that was it. I thought, man, we 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 had we left a, a ministry and and I had was actually working a little bit with another ministry. But I actually thought this was it. God was launching us out, and and then this was it, you know. Yeah. And I'll, and when we left that ministry and we were going to go out and launch out, it was like God said, "No, go here." Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, "Oh," but I was obedient. And I thank God now that I was. And for four years I stayed there. Almost four years. Mm-hmm. And and learned. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned a great thing. I, I learned something that I, I always knew. I, I knew for myself, reading the Word, book by book, line upon line, Scripture upon Scripture. But sitting at Calvary Chapel for three and a half, almost four years, I learned. They, I was allowed to become a teacher there. A minister. Actually, they wanted me to become a pastor and start one. But God, that wasn't what God had for me. But... Being faithful, yep. God opened doors for me to teach, and I was able to teach just what we're doing now, Troy. Right. Books of the Bible, line upon line, scripture upon scripture, and God showed me a great truth, and it's, it's, it's the best way to teach. Now, are there topical teachings great? Preaching topically? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's scriptural. But I really believe teaching the Word of God from book to book, line upon line, scripture upon scripture, man, you are building the foundation. You're you, building you a house see that, block by block. Right, that balance. Is, is a house should be built. Listen, I lay a foundation, I pour a slab, I build the walls, all the steel has to be tied, and then the walls are built, the windows are put in, we put the, the roof, the trusses on, the roof sheet. I don't pour the foundation and, and build the trusses in the roof. Mm-hmm. i got to build the walls first. Yep. It's a process. And it's the same thing with Christ. And if, if people are telling you, brothers and sisters, that they're going to lay hands on you and a part anointing in you, and you're bang going to be a pastor, they've lied to you. Yep. You're not ready. The Bible will tell you, read the Scriptures. It talks about a novice. You'll become puffed up. You'll become prideful. And you'll do more damage to yourself and others than if you would just be patient and allow God to groom you and mold you and make you. And there's time. Listen, if God comes back tomorrow, it's okay. He knows. He knows. It's His will, not yours. Just be obedient and grow line upon line, precept upon precept. Let God mold you and make you into the man of God that He wants you. And be patient. Patience. It's okay if it takes time. It's okay. If if God's really spoken a word to you, brother and sister, let's say you've been saved six months or whatever, and you know God's calling you to full-time ministry or whatever. I think we're all called to full-time ministry. We may have some of us have jobs, but Still that's full-time. right. It's it's a life. But if you're maybe you're going to be a pastor, that's what God's told you or whatever, spend the time preparing to be a pastor. Take time and be groomed. Go sit under somebody and learn you know, and, and make sure they know the word. Get right. into a get into a, a word teaching church and and groom. You know, all the emotion, all the experiences. 
won't mount up if they don't align to the Word. I can, right. you know, I, I can recommend a lot of Calvary chapels. And the only reason I would say that because they will take you through the Word. 90% of them are going to take you through the Word book by book. Yeah, you may not see. They may be conservative on the moves of the Spirit. They do believe in it. But man, they're, and sometimes I, I, I don't think, I know they're too conservative and they don't allow the Spirit to move. But one thing they will do, they will teach, teach you, you the, the Word of God. And you will be trained up in the Word of God. And, and from that foundation, you can stand. You know, I think about, you know, I talked about in my teens that God had called me to preach the gospel. I was pastoring the church in my early 20s. Now, I knew in my heart that ultimately that environment wasn't, wouldn't be where I'd always be. Right. But, you know, he took 13 and a half years to really prepare me in that. And, you know, it was invaluable. And, and brother, some of the, the toughest times, some of the biggest struggles, some of the times that literally I had to put my uh, the, my, my nose to the grindstone and, and, and fight my flesh not to bolt and run, to just to do something else. Not to run back in the world. I never had that desire but got born again. But to do something different. You know, I wanted to because something was... But the Lord always brought me back to that place. Be faithful, be faithful, be patient, be patient. And that period of time, 13 and a half years of molding somebody that he could entrust to something else. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing the, 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 the foundations of those things play out because if he had turned me loose then to do what we're doing, it would have never worked right. because there was not the character, there was not the foundation of the Lord, there was not the wisdom, the experience to do those things. And so what did God do? In his love and his mercy and his sovereignty, he put me into an environment that would allow me to learn things and to experience things that otherwise I would not have been allowed to do. And so you see that again. You know, our steps are ordered up by God. Many times we want to order our own steps. And what ends up happening, we end up taking a dive over the You know, I, I, I was in karate and a little, they had some professional boxers that worked at our gym and stuff. And I was in, you know, I never became a professional. I studied for about eight years and karate and kickboxing, but never made it into the professional ranks. Really wasn't, didn't really want to go after that. But I saw the process that it took. It took years and years and years to become a professional. Right. You didn't just become a professional boxer or kickboxer. It took years. And then, not only when you became a professional, they trained for every fight. Right. You know, you could take these, these great fighters. They don't just jump in the ring. I'm going to fight a certain fighter. I'm going to study that fighter. I'm going to for study that for that battle, that particular battle. I'm going to prepare. And if you don't prepare right for that very battle you're going into, you're going to get beat. Yeah, you you know, that guy might yep. be a southpaw and not, you know, and he's going to throw a different jab. You better practice against southpaws or vice versa. It's just like this ultimate fighting if you've ever watched it. Man, there's different fighters that have different techniques and you better learn how to get out of an arm bar or et cetera, et cetera. If, because just because you're a good scrapper, you jump in there and all of a sudden that guy's got your arm all bent back behind your back. If you don't know what to do, you're, you're done. I don't care how much you can box. Yep. You're, you're beat. And, and you have to prepare for that particular battle. And it takes years and years of preparation. Man, it, you, you, we need to prepare. And it's, it's a constant. You never run out of time no. for preparation. This cause, I've been hindered. What was the cause to go preach the gospel to come into you? For this cause, because I'm called to go and to preach the nations. He said, and so we saw it, it, it applied that there were many hindrances, many things that kept him. Things that, that they were obviously good, that were laboring the work of the ministry. Amen. Other things that the enemy sent, uh, that thought he sent, that the many enemy meant for evil, but God meant for good, that, that caused character to come into Paul's life. And so we saw that ne next he, he was given a mandate. He knew what he had to do. Right. He knew the calling, just like many of us know what God's told us to do. But he knew in the calling that, listen, God's going to take me through this thing. And the third thing, it also shows that, that as that apostle, that everything that he did had a greater bearing on people in situations than he could ever imagine. Not because of him, but 
but because of the call that God had entrusted with him. And folks, we've got to understand that as well. We're not an island in and of ourselves. That's what Paul's trying to instruct us in his apostolic ministry. He's saying, listen, the reason I have to go through this is because everything is connected to, to one another. When, when, when you suffer, I suffer. When right. you rejoice, I rejoice. I can't just say, well, Deb, I'm real sorry what you're going through, but man, I've got plans, and so you don't have no bearing. Every single one of us are affected regardless if we know each other or not. And so those girls that are going back to Sweden, we're affected by them, them by yeah. us. The young man, young Leo, that we plucked off the streets, who's now out of the streets of New York, and we uh, uh, sent him to our team in, in New Orleans. You know what? He's affected. He's plugged yeah. into us. That's an investment. And so Paul the Apostle said, listen, the things that I say, what we teach from this, this, this desk here in front of this, this sacred Word of God, it's going to have a bearing on somebody else's life. Yeah. I just can't just throw it out there and go on about my business. We're connected. And that's what Paul the Apostle was showing those things. And listen, we're connected. We have a, a piece of one another, and each one is supplying the need. I was preaching in, 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 when I was pastoring in Texas one time, and, and I... Uh, I was wearing a suit coat, and I bought one of these fake hands that looked just like my other hand. I mean, it was perfect. It looked just like a hand. And so I'm sitting there talking, and people are at a distance. So they can't tell what it is. And I'm sitting there talking, and my, uh, my lectern is kind of slanted. So I'm sitting there talking, and I'm preaching just on this subject matter about what Paul told the church at Corinth. Can the hand say to the body, I have no need of you? And I had a, picked up a butcher knife, and I said, you know what it's like in many cases? I said, people, you know, you got a hand, and it functions, it looks like a hand. I said, but what would happen? And I, and I struck that butcher knife against the wooden part of the leg, not on, even on this rubber hand. And it was, boom! Then I, with my hand, I dropped the butcher knife, and I wrenched and grabbed that hand and threw it out into the audience. And as you can imagine, there was this collective gasp as he, he cut his hand off. But I used it as a point. I said, you know what? That hand is still a hand. Yeah. It looks like a hand. I said, but it doesn't function as a hand. Yeah. I said, but Without if I can body. take that hand and I, you can surgically reattach it, I said, over time, there's some viability that comes into it. I said, but the longer it's disattached, the less opportunity for viability. And eventually what's going to have to do, I'm just going to have to sew up this nub and I'm going to have to just exist without that hand. Yeah. Now the rest of the body is going to function. It's going to function with some with a limitation, right. but the hand yeah. will never function without the body, right. but the body can function without the hand. Right. And so Paul was saying, listen, those things that I've been brought through, all those things are coming together. Then he goes on in verse 23, he says, But now having no more places in these parts, talking about the continuation of his ministry, and having a great desire of these many years to come to you. And he's saying, listen, that work was complete, just like I had. I had a time that I served that 13, the work was complete, and there was other places that he had to carry on the work. But the thing about Paul the Apostle, you know, when I left Texas, I had, I had ordained and established and discipled people Amen. to carry on that work. Amen. When God sent me to go to New Orleans, what happened? I have people that, right. that God has we built up and we've invested in. They're in there. Uh, we got people in, in Pennsylvania. We have people in these right. places that it wasn't, let me just do, be a one-hit wonder, but there's people that are continuation of those works. And so Paul the Apostle, he said, listen, everywhere I go, that same process takes place. Amen. I'm in discipling. I'm investing. Right. I'm spending the time. I'm pouring into people. That way, when you do depart, what happens? There's something that is that's marked. There's something that is established that 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 that, that, that principle and that premise by which right. everything else can be born on. Folks, listen, you've got to be invested. I don't know how many times I said not only are you being discipled, but you are discipling. That is the Amen. whole multiplication. He told him in the garden, he said, be fruitful, multiply, oh, subdue 
Take dominion. You will never take dominion until you're fruitful and you begin to multiply. Amen. Then he goes on to say in verse 24, he, he says, he says, wheresoever I, I, I should also take my journey to Spain, he said, I'll come to you. Before I trust to see you in my journey and, and be brought to you on my way uh, by you, he said, I fir- first, uh, I want to be somewhat filled with your company. And you know, he's talking about, listen, I'm coming to you. I want to be in your company. I want to do these things. But I first got to go to Spain. What's interesting, there's no record of him ever having gone to Spain. No, but he says, listen, there's a new territory that I want to go through, and I want to bring some of you with me. We can assume that maybe that happened along the way, but as far as any real record, but we can also assume that 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 was a desire that he had that was left unfulfilled. Mm. But even if that was left unfulfilled, we know what he said. He said, listen, I fought the fight. I finished my course. And he said, there's a crown of righteousness. So, folks, listen, there Mm. may be some things that you have a desire for, that between now and the tra- it may never happen. But you can still at the end of the day say, you know what? I was willing. I wanted to go do that. I and did. see, that's what God's looking for is the willingness. Paul the Apostle said this right here in this canon of Scripture. I want to go, but there's no record that he ever went. Mm. Chances are he never made it. Otherwise, we'd have probably had some type of record of him going in, in a testimony from Spain. But then he goes on to say in verse 25, he said, But now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. And you can see we know that happened from Acts 20 and 21. And we're totally, folks... Out of time this morning, but uh, we're going to pick up tomorrow uh, right here in, in verse probably 25 and head on into 26. But listen, folks, just be faithful. Be faithful and obedient. That's what the message that Paul was speaking Amen. to us in these three, four <clears throat> verses of scriptures. Listen, I, I know what I was called to do, but I knew that there was this process. I think from the time that Paul had his Damascus Road experience until he was introduced mm-hmm. to the apostles of Jerusalem was 14 years. Wow. Because it was studying, uh, getting, preparing the whole nine yards. Be obedient, be faithful in those things, and God forbid. Folks, we got one bit of advice for you as we close today, and that is get into God's Word, and God's Word will get into you.